0: The Science of, on The Money Show. So it's The Science of the Chinese Tech Giants. These are companies you may have heard of. These are companies that if you haven't heard of them yet, you'll be hearing of them in years to come. Matthew Birch is a lecturer at the Gordon Institute of Business Science. He recently went to China and spent some time with all three of Alibaba, Baidu and Tencent. All three of those, Matt.
1: Yeah correct
0: okay now give me let's start with 10 cent because that's the one that uh, we'll probably be able to relate to best because here is 10 cent it is 35 odd percent mm-hmm. controlled by naspar south african company as of today uh the value of naspar is almost exactly the value of the stake they have in 10 cent uh, and 10 cent has made quiz an extraordinarily rich man give me a sense of uh, the boardroom at 10 cent
1: I think Tencent's a fascinating company based in Shenzhen, which is just uh, neighboring Hong Kong, um, and a fascinating company. Um, the average age of Tencent is about 29.
0: Oh, yeah, of employees?
1: No, uh, the, the staff complement okay. is, uh, is, is a couple of thousand, but the average age is, is 29. So if you're in your late 30s, you're kind of uh, a bit of a dinosaur in the organization, yeah. which makes sense. Um, the, the people are super switched on, um, I think well-connected, and have got a very good idea of, of where they want to take the business.
0: Okay, so give me give me a sense then of what Tencent does and why it's been so phenomenal uh, in the life of Naspat and just how lucky Chris Becker got when he bought the stake in this. What was a fledgling business at the time?
1: Absolutely, very fledgling, uh, probably a, a risky uh, investment at the time. Um, but we're seeing this in Silicon Valley, right? A, a, a potential bubble, investment bubble being created in Silicon Valley because everyone's trying to get onto the next big thing. Um, but Tencent, yeah, the, the, it's it's homegrown. Um, the the chaps who who run it and own it to come come of uh, Shenzhen University. Pony Ma is one of, uh, as you know, um, one of the owners and, and one of China's wealthiest, uh, is in the Forbes list of, of China's wealthiest people. Um, and the company's done exceptionally well. It started with its QQ platform, which was... Instant messaging, hey? Instant messaging on, on, on desktop computers, if you like. Uh, I question where that might be going to because WeChat seems to have been their, their biggest foray. Um, uh, some people in South Africa will be aware of it uh, from the advertising campaign, but... Approximately 400 million users, of which 100 are outside of China. So not just a China play.
0: Now, that's interesting as well, because we perceive these Chinese companies to be Chinese companies um, working in China, which is isolated from the rest of the world. We kind of sometimes uh, tend to think of China as being a bit like North Korea. Um, But if you think for a moment, WeChat was advertising on the side of Santon Drive Mm. the other day trying to get South Africans to sign up to WeChat to take on WhatsApp.
1: Absolutely, and I think this is what's fascinating about this model is that uh, the Chinese government has laid a foundation to create these types of businesses that are 100% independent, but uh, they still have a lot of uh, pull around sentiment of what they can and can't do. The reality is what I find fascinating is that I believe this is a play around soft power. Uh, In English, that is? Soft power is probably the uh, most powerful form of power for a country to have. Everyone is probably, most people in South Africa have have touched or been in contact with a US dollar bill, but none have been in touch with an RMB or yuan, uh, which is uh, the Chinese money. Um, There's a reason why YouTube isn't allowed into China. They've got Youku, which is another one of those uh, media players. They've got Baidu, not Google, that is dominating the the search landscape. Uh, They've got WeChat, um, that is uh, giving uh, Facebook and WhatsApp a, a run for their money. And, and this is really for me fascinating around the, the, the soft power projection of people interacting with China beyond uh, these loose products. It's fashion, it's movies, its uh, interaction with technologies, it might be cell phones, etc. And you're going to see that coming online over the next 10 years in a, in a particularly big way.
0: Okay, so here we've got this business called Tencent, which has gone from instant messaging in its original form. Today, it seems to do almost anything online, from mobile payments to transactions. To um, it is an extraordinary multidisciplinary technology play. If, if that's not even not <laughs> that's not even more obscure.
1: Absolutely, and if anyone's used it, it is a great platform. We can't deny that. Uh, it's, it's quick, it's fast. Um, they inter, in, integrate uh, certain services to certain geographic locations. Um, there's an absolute rapacious... Um, uh, desire to try and get uh, users in China. And you've got the likes of Alipay really taking on, on, on WePay um, to the extent where they subsidize uh, payment services. So when you uh, get a taxi in, in Beijing, you can pay with your Alipay or your, or your WeChat WePay account um, and they subsidize it. So typically it will cost you 10 RMB. Well, you pay five and because you've paid through the We uh, WeChat or WePay uh, payment system, it's only five.
0: But, but these guys are, sound extraordinary. In terms of their flexibility and their ability to adapt their business models uh, within a nanosecond—that's what it seems like from the outside.
1: I think they can uh, they can adapt their services fundamentally. I, I have problems sometimes with the business model because beyond uh, you know stickers, for example, in in WeChat or games, uh, um, in 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 other services and advertising, I don't know what the revenue model is outside of that. And so I think you're seeing um, WeChat, uh, Alibaba, Baidu doing big acquisitions. I mean, there's there's a myriad of them that we can talk about um, uh, because I think that we're going to find that there's only going to be a few, few players that are going to win in this game.
0: And, and that's the thing where we see the vulnerability of these companies reflected in the NASBAR share price. Um, it peaked at almost 1,400 rand just six weeks ago. Mm. Um, and ever since we saw Facebook go and buy WhatsApp, We've seen 20, 22% of the value of NASPAT eliminated because suddenly the market is saying people are paying how much for assets and they're really worried that we are seeing another rerun of 1999-2000.
1: And and with the with the regulatory issue that they, they faced uh, recently around payments in China where um, the Chinese regulators uh, told that they had to put a hold on, on online or third-party payments really to allow the banks, which are quite big and inefficient, to, to catch up to these third-party mm. payment vendors. Um, but many analysts say it's the beginning of the end. Uh, third-party payments are extremely useful. Uh, the Chinese like them. They're cost-effective. Uh, they make sense. And I think they're just giving the banks time to catch up. When we then move on to Tencent, have we have we done Tencent? I mean, you, did you meet the management of Tencent? Do you look at Tencent and you say, this is the best thing Naspers ever did? I look at the management of Tencent. Uh, I interact with some of the people from Tencent and uh, I'm very impressed with, with what I saw and, and the types of people that uh, were in the company. Um, not just uh, technically savvy, I found them quite commercially savvy, which is quite unique when you've got people that are extremely technically uh-huh. proficient but know how to make money. And uh, I think that's probably something to do with having a, a Chinese characteristic in, in the company. Which is? Commercialism. Commercialism. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's centuries old. I mean, the Chinese traders have been doing this far longer than Westerners have. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, uh, 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 that is, uh, yeah, that's fascinating. Um, should NASBAS be getting out? Should NASBAS be uh, banking the, the profits that it's made in Tencent, or is this a keeper for NASBAS?
1: No, I think, uh, I think Tencent's got a lot of legs. I think um, the, you'll find some consolidation in the industry. But certainly what they've built and, and what it could become, uh, I would certainly think there's a, lot of, uh, a, lot of, a lo- long tail to this, to this uh, organization.
0: Because these companies are doing things today that we would never have envis- envisaged two years ago. Um, and we have absolutely no idea what they're going to be doing two years from now, five years from now.
1: Um, we stand to have our minds blown yeah i think predominantly it all comes down to benefits for the users um you know what do we get out of it as a user and i think that uh, they launch a lot of products and test a lot of products in the marketplace you must remember they do a lot of soft launches before they do a global launch sure. um, and this allows them to kind of uh, understand what customers actually require this yes, There' somebody on my sms line this evening weird i've been using wechat for probably two
0: years plus but i've never heard of tencent not only uh, only for the first time tonight on my show uh, on your, on your show, it's uh, it's interesting how people will use the product just because they like it because it's funky and WeChat is WeChat, uh, whether it belongs to Ten Cent and then uh, in a long roundabout way um, that investment is managed on the foreshore in Cape Town, um, mm. just shows how global the world has become.
1: Mm. I think absolutely, and I think it's a, a clever strategy. You, you want them to know the, the user app WeChat as opposed to the back-end uh, holding company um, because the, the brand obviously gives you a lot of equity in the marketplace.
0: Yeah, there we go. And let's move on to another one. Um, Baidu mm. um, is one I know very little about. It is China's version of Google, is it? It's a search engine.
1: Effectively, it is a search engine. It's uh, run by uh, a chap called Robin Lee, who's uh, number three on the rich list in China. So, these guys are, are doing rather well for themselves. Um, these are the
0: Zuckerbergs of China.
1: The Zuckerbergs of, of, of the globe, really. Okay. Um, I think uh, if you look at the US, if you look at the numbers that we're talking about here, you know, you've got 700 million internet users. Uh, you've got a billion cell phones in, in, in China. You've only got 20% in, of those.
0: It just, you've got to speak more slowly because it's incomprehensible to me that a country has a billion cell phones. I mean, a billion.
1: Uh, yeah, a billion it, cell phones? It, it, of, it's a million, million cell phones only seventy four percent of the population has a cell phone <laughs> so when we start looking at these numbers yeah. um, there 's still a lot of upside, um, so really it 's beyond a Zuckerberg they if these companies do what they plan on doing, they will set global agenda uh, and we we are fixated looking west. Mm-hmm. are we making a mistake? I think uh, predominantly South African is rather Western. Um, and I think that it's time that we start to think a little bit more globally.
0: If I type, if, if I go to Baidu now, will, mm. I, will I get anything um, while you speak? If I go www.baidu, yep. uh, will it allow me to search in English? It will. It might pull some stuff from Mandarin. Okay. No, that's interesting. Baidu dot? Dot CN. Dot CN. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then what should I Google? Uh, what should I Google? What should I Baidu? Uh, Baidu Baidu Okay um, But but, but yeah, do they say do, do Chinese people say
1: I'm just going to Baidu that uh, Or do they well, They but- say I'm going to search So they say I'm okay. going to Baidu in Mandarin um, So it hasn't become as synonymous as, as Google is With like you know Hoover and vacuum um, Yeah But it's certainly It's certainly there
0: all right, I've just googled myself on. Ba- I've just googled myself on ba- Baidu, uh, and Baidu chucks up uh, uh, the Cape Talk uh, web page. There it goes, um, and the end of CNBC Africa, all of that sort of stuff. So the Chinese know who I am. That's quite scary. <laughs> um, give me a sense, please, about uh, uh, Baidu then, and the growth of Baidu, and how Baidu is going to is going to take over the world.
1: So Baidu's doing a similar thing that the rest of the players are doing in terms of acquisitions. They're on a bit of an acquisition spree themselves. Um, they've consolidated their online gaming division and put a lot more money behind gaming. If we look at gaming sales, typically globally, you, you look at all apps sold on a cell phone, about 40 50% is gaming. If you look on a tablet, it's about 70% of all apps sold are actually gaming related. So they're playing in that specific space. Um it also allows them they've they've got the advertising click per per user down, just like Google does. Um and you'll see them probably starting to experiment in other technologies similar to what Google's done with Google Glass, et cetera, et cetera, because they've got the cash and they've got the market to do that. Um till they hop onto the next big thing, uh, they can burn a little bit of cash.
0: Yeah. Does Baidu ever replace Google in the West?
1: Um, does it ever compete realistically with Google? I think maybe less so with Google than a, than a WeChat with a Facebook. Okay. Purely because Google's a lot further down the line with the analytics. Um, and I think Google's got a lot more presence uh, on the web at the moment, mm. but certainly will be a competitor. No doubt about that.
0: It's about what they know about the world, isn't it? I mean, the ability of the search engine to mine um, this, this thing called the internet and to go and find bits of information tucked and hidden away mm. uh, in the deep recesses of the internet.
1: Absolutely, and and I and I think that it's also a government imperative to have a very strong uh, you know, analytic search engine. There's, uh,
0: there's that, and then there's also our quite xenophobic approach to China, and I, I use the term our quite generally, in terms of if I'm going to search for something Thing, um, say critical of china i'm going to go to google not to baidu
1: no uh, you just need to see how, how it's playing out between you know rt and the likes of cnn's uh, you know, the different uh, propaganda yeah um it is managed um there's no doubt about that we can't deny that um but it's managed in quite a subtle way um so you will be able to find certain things on Baidu, but there's certainly certain things that will get censored mm. um that's the nature of the chinese media
0: Yes, Uh, and that's where it it may have some difficulty making inroads in the West. Mm, That's certainly where where it could get challenged. Let's go on to the final of our Chinese tech giants this evening. Matthew Birch uh, from Gibbs this evening on Alibaba. What does Alibaba
1: do? So Alibaba is uh, famous initially for its business-to-business initiatives. It really set up an e-commerce link to allow the likes of you and me here in South Africa to buy a thousand ball bearings or crushes or clothes or whatever it might be from manufacturers based in China. And a highly, highly successful business been diversified now from b to b b to C C to C C back to B in right. China
0: okay. business to business business to consumer consumer, no. consumer to consumer consumer back to business okay. the whole
1: ambit has been covered now, but fundamentally that 's what it, what it was from it started by um, Jack Ma, who is uh, a fantastic uh, fantastic visionary um, uh, and a fantastic person. if you ever get a chance to see him speak he 's a great speaker. Um, and uh, listing, as you said, on the NYC, it'll be my understanding is uh, the biggest IPO in American history, I believe.
0: I, I've I've seen the commentary to that uh, to that fact. Now, there is Alibaba's listing in on the New York Stock Exchange? Is that going to be the first big Chinese listing um, there? No, there's been other tech
1: companies. Uh, there's been other tech companies listed. Um, okay. It's certainly one of the most highest profile listings. Uh, I think there's another company called Xiaomi, which is a cell phone manufacturer which I believe will be listing in NYSE in in the uh, near future uh, that provides cell funds particularly to the Chinese market. Um, And we're seeing a lot of these companies list on the NYSE. Um, And it's a a way for them to get global exposure. It's a way for them to also um, up their brand equity and get um, consumers outside of the Chinese market. This isn't just a China play. Uh, this is a global play.
0: Uh, but that's the the changing dynamic, isn't it? And this is now coming into Google and Yahoo and um, the survivors of 2000's backyard and
1: saying, we're here, we're ready to compete. They're here, they're ready to compete. Uh, the, again, uh, same theme, uh, Alibaba, uh, hot on the acquisition trail. Uh, they've bought a, a, a digital media IPTV company, internet protocol TV company called Wasu. Um, they've recently bought um, a 20% stake. If you convert the bonds, it's a 20% stake. In Inline, which is a brick-and-mortar business in China, it allows them to get inventory to that, plus they can deliver their products to those malls because we see a trend in online shopping, um, you know, moving away from people going to malls to buy for entertainment and pick up their goods that they've bought online. Um, So, you know, a lot of these companies are starting to set the agenda, which I think is fascinating. You know, we understand China as being a copier, as being somebody who reverse engineers, no IP law. And they're at an interesting crossroads because many of these tech companies are starting to develop technology that's starting to be adopted by your Western counterparts in Silicon Valley. Uh,
0: and and that is how the world is changing, and that is the huge influence that these companies are going to be having on all of our lives, whether we know it or not. Like the person in Cape Town who SMS me um, saying, "Oh, I've been using WeChat. I didn't know that it belonged to Tencent via Naspat." Um, and and that's the reality: we're going to be using these products, consuming these products, not necessarily knowing um, their, their their origins. Uh, how does this play out then? For South Africa, because we have got companies that do business in China very aggressively. SAB Miller is there. Bala World has got a business there. I think um, you've, you've certainly got Richmond with with outlets in China. Um, is there an opportunity for South Africans, with our BRIC relationship, uh, to do more stuff
1: with China? Absolutely. I think the the, the opportunities abound. I think it's a question of uh, being less opportunistic and committing more to China. I think one of the the challenges I see certainly in the investment advisory space that I operate in is around people being opportunistic on deals, agnostic to the geography. Um, and thinking about the opportunity. In, in China and emerging markets, you have to be more prone to understanding the culture and more committed to the country itself. Um, SAB is doing fantastic things there. Mm. They're a good case with their Snow beer product. Um, committing to the Chinese population, putting up brick and mortar, um, taking an interest in the Chinese culture of what it's nuanced and what they want. If we can get that right, which we certainly can, uh, we can leverage a lot out of China.
0: Is there a beginner's guide to China, China for dummies, China 101 or anything along those lines where if you are somebody who's interested in dealing with China, you're just interested in China, you want
1: to understand China better, is is there an accessible book to read? There's a number of books. I I think these days China has become more accessible. I think 10 years ago you hopped on a plane and and got into Peking Airport and it was probably a little bit daunting. I think it might be daunting for some still, but it certainly has opened up a great deal more. There's plenty. I mean there's a lot of data on China. So you could start with historical books by McGregor called The Party or you could look at other books beyond that. Um, There's a a great book by um, a Harvard Business School professor called In Line Behind a Billion People which gives a nice uh, insight. Um, but I th- I What
0: happens when a billion Chinese jump? I mean, there's one book title along those lines.
1: That's their secret yeah. uh, mass, uh, mass destruction of weapons or whatever they call it. Eh? Weapons of mass, mass destruction. destruction. Just yes. get every
0: Chinese person in the world to jump up and down at the same time.
1: Yeah, tidal wave in the U.S.
0: There we go. Um, mm. Matthew Birch, fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing your experience in China with us this evening. The science of the Chinese Czech, uh, tech giants with Matt Birch. He's a lecturer at Gibbs.